again. Let us find our places. Get our hymn books turned to page 333. Page 333. And uh, Brother Caleb, if you'll get a song ready. Oh, uh, need some While you're turning, I came across these verses as I was uh, reading. <laughs> I'll put it that way. <laughs> Isaiah 41 and uh, verse 6 and 7. What, what book did I say? Isaiah. Okay. Isaiah 41, 6 and 7. <clears throat> they helped everyone his neighbor, and everyone said to his brother, be of good courage. So the carpenter encouraged the goldsmith, he that smootheth with the hammer, him that smote the anvil, saith, it is ready for the soldering, and he fastened it with nails that it should not be moved. You say, well, what kind of scripture is that? What did he think? <laughs> they helped everyone his neighbor. And what did they say? I tell you what, that Wednesday night service. No. I didn't find that in between the lines either. They said, they said, be of good courage. Amen? Yes. About 30%. Okay, let's sing. <clears throat>
sorry. Brother Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Turning to page 307. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Thank you. 
remember one time years ago, we was in a little, almost like a storefront building, but it was, a, I think it was a church in McKenzie, Alabama, and one of the Presleys, I don't know if it was Luther that wrote that song, but one of, I think there was two or three of those brothers, uh, he and his wife were there, and he was in his 90s then, and uh, he played the keyboard, and he sang that old song, Time Has Made a Change in Me. And I remember it. I can see him almost now. You know, it's just it's something how songs and music, you know, it started in heaven. And it's God, one of the ways that God pricks our soul, yes. our mind, our heart, yes. and we can commune with Him and brings back memories and does a lot of things. Most of all, it, it uh, Encourages us to worship. Yes. Excites us to worship. And serve notice on all that's looking on. Angels. If there's devils. Or devil's efforts or whatever. It lets them know I'm on the Lord's side. I'm singing the songs of Zion. I'm singing joy. I'm singing hope. I'm singing faith. And not fear. And downcast. You know. I thank the Lord for great songs, songwriters. <clears throat> Anyone have a special prayer to you to see? All right. That we remember my brother, Lester. That's He's uh, having difficulties. I see that tough, tough military man coming out here. Good to see you, brother. Anyone else? Families. Uh, I remember Harper. I know this sounds probably weird, but she 
Let's remember uh, Sister Peggy. She's had a terrible time with her feet. Let's continue to remember her and Sister Heather. That's um, also, of course, we uh, already mentioned Diane, but if you would remember Otis Williams and also Gary and Darlene. Um, let's remember them in prayer and all of us. Let's remember one another during this time. Yes. Yeah, our dad was telling me his heartbeat, his regular heart rate, according to his little thing on his, his words, was only about 50 beats a minute. And uh, so please remember him. He's, he's still got that preacher in him, that go. But please remember them. Also, uh, is Jimmy's last name Scruggs, I think. My son Samuel, next door neighbor, uh, had, uh, I think was recovering from, and then he got pneumonia so bad, they had to admit him in Lynchburg Hospital, I think yesterday, and uh, they sent prayer requests to pray for him. Please remember him. <clears throat> They have a uh, special needs son. I believe he's about 40 or so. So I don't know how he's taking it. Please remember that. And uh, I forgot to mention Jerry's wife still is still in the hospital. And there's two people I work with. Uh, one lady, uh, she just had surgery. It was a woman need surgery. And then the other one uh, is a lady I work with. Her, her kids got. So many going around. Sorry, I just pray for us not to get wrapped around the axle. I know COVID's out there, but this could consume an individual's mind to the point where they worry instead of worship. Yeah. So pray that we don't get wrapped. Yes. Around. Let's let's remember uh, revival coming up. Yes. Yes. A.W. Tozer said, which came first, the worker or the worshiper? Yeah. Think about it. Let's find a place to pray and ask the Lord to help us in these requests. Encourage and strengthen us, Lord. 
glad that you cannot hide from God. And though you may be hidden, I've heard of folks that trying to get away from God want to be, uh, they want their remains or ashes spread out in space and all that, just trying to get away from God. Can't do it. Can't do it. God knows where you're at. He knows where every molecule of you is at. And I do thank the Lord for that. We, uh, Teresa will be getting us a song here and we're going to uh, come and receive our offering here this uh, evening. Uh, if you have tithe, if you would put it in an envelope and mark it that way for us. And so, um, Caleb, why don't you come receive an offering for us? Last night here for a while. Until you come back. Amen. Thank you, Lord. How many of you have, I think his name is uh, Joshua Marsh, something like that, and wrote Kissing, Dating, Goodbye, or Harris, Joshua Harris. So there is a, um, there's quite a movement going on right now. There's a lot of people falling out of church. I guess you know about that. And so this particular man who wrote uh, Kissing, Dating, Goodbye, I think it was. Anyway, he, uh, he quit church. Divorced his wife. Changed his lifestyle. And I was reading just recently an article about him. He started a new way of making money since he's no longer able to preach because he's quit church and everything. So now he's uh, promoting a new uh, learning course on deconstructing faith. You know what that means? That's tearing it apart. There's a lot of that going on right now. In that particular article, there was a man that said, this is nothing new. This is nothing new. Through the years, you've had people who have lost their faith. And so, that's what he's done. He can call it whatever he wants to, but he's lost his faith. And you know how much faith you have? When you're at your very lowest point, which way are you still heading? Are you still heading for, toward the Lord? Amen. Or have you decided to look for something else? Right. We need to keep looking toward Jesus. Yes. He is our help and our hope yes, and our strength. Yes. So let's depend upon Him. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank the Lord for His goodness. Thank the Lord for His goodness. My son Chris called me yesterday. And he was just all tore up. He forgot my birthday, which was all right. He said, Mom, Monday was the most worst day of my life. You know how you pray and you pray and you pray. You never know what God's going to use. But he began to tell me, he said, Mom, those boys over in Afghanistan that's guarding that uh, airport, there's, those are my boys. 
He said, those C-17s that those people were dropping out of, he said, that's my planes. And he said, Mama, they're dying. And he said, I don't know if they're going to get my boys out of there. And uh, brother, you know, Brother Ron, what I'm talking about. And I said, whatever you got to do, Lord. But I seen a tenderness. And I said, son, we'll pray for you boys. We'll pray for you boys. He said, Mama, they're in position all around. And he said, you know, they're going to get out all the other people. And maybe those boys are going to last. And you look at, we look at ourselves. What are you going to trade out for this old time way? Are you going to be ready? You know, we have people, you know, I hear about it. Different things they do in secret. We hear about it. But their hearts haven't been changed. Oh, for a heart change. I was telling him this morning, I have my little cubby hole, and I invite him in to sit. And I know he's already in there. But just follow me. Then I began to intimately tell him how beautiful you are. How absolutely adorable I think you are. And whatever you got to do, Whatever it is, Father, that you have to do, I trust you. I'm not going to live in oppression and depression as I watch these things come to pass. Somebody texts me across the country, Sister Butler, is your children in Afghanistan? I said, no, but for the hand of God, they would have been. They said, Jesus is coming. He's coming. And I want to be ready. I want to be ready. Y'all sing this with us.
Jesus. I want you to rebuke devil. Yes. Rebuke it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I want you to
grace, His mercy, we can make it. Hallelujah. Oh, I appreciate the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. No devils have any power over us. None. Thank the Lord. No power. Nothing. God has given us victory. Victory. Amen. There are times He may lead us. He may lead us into a place that is uh, hard to get through. But no matter what, we can have victory. Sometimes our what we think is victory means that we'll slay everybody around or everybody's going to get... That's not what victory is. Could be like Polycarp. Huh? Polycarp. When they took him to the fire and put him next to that stake, he told them, you don't have to, you don't have to tie me down. Said the Spirit of the Lord will hold me here. Huh? And then when the fires began to come up, instead of him burning, they said, look, he's turning to gold. Huh? He didn't die of the flames. They punctured him. His blood fell out, came out, put out the fire. There was victory. Souls were won that day. Amen. Thank the Lord. I do not know what I have done to this thing. But it ain't working too good. Let's try this. That ain't better? Nope. No. That better? No. All right. Doesn't matter. Amen. God's able to help us. There has been, there is a fight against you and against me. It's easy to see all the problems, huh? You've got to be blind not to see the problems. But all what we need to be looking for is where is the Lord in all this? What is He wanting us to do? What is the message for the day? Amen. I don't want to be a, a commentator on what's going around on us. I want to be a proclaimer of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because this year and next year or the year after, amen, is still going to be Jesus Christ crucified. Amen. Died. Rose again from the dead. That's our salvation. That's our plan. That's our path. Amen. All can go up and down. But I'm just going to keep on traveling. Keep on traveling. Amen. And you have to please forgive me. I ask you to. Because at times I, I, I become disappointed at those that I thought for sure had a better experience than what they ended up having. And to see them turn that other direction. I'm sorry, Brother Robert, sometimes I mourn. Huh? But you know what? If they quit, I'm going on. I have no compunction or idea or thinking that my wife should ever quit. But if she quits, 
I'm going to go on. If I quit, I'm almost positive she's going to go on. Amen? We cannot stop this race. Amen. If we stop, we will be losers. Amen. We will have lost all. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, it's worth it. The Spirit of the Lord's been coming by and helping me this day. Amen. We need to look up. Our redemption drawing nigh. Our help coming from the hills. Amen. And so I appreciate the Lord. And uh, like I said, I do not know what I have done to this this particular microphone. But it's sure kind of low, ain't it? All right. We asked Ryan to come preach. If you can't preach in this, I don't know what to say to you. So you come on. And uh, we can get started. All right. Thank the Lord. Where are you at? While she's getting ready, um, I do appreciate the Lord. I really do. Um, but I, I mean, I struggle all day today. I, I feel like when I come over here to try to pray, and <clears throat> I've been distracted. I, mean, I feel like I'm, Brother Jeff says he's ADD. I think the older I get, I'm getting ADD for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'll be trying to pray, and I'm looking out there at that limb, and, and next thing you know, I went out there and tried to cut the limb, and I was like, you know. But uh, I, he asked me last week to preach, and um. After Caleb, I think, uh, preached last Wednesday night, and it just got me even more nervous. And I was like, man, you know, he's putting the young ones up there. And, um, you know, I know Todd and I feel like Jamie are, are kind of veterans at this now. Um, but, you know, I, I, uh, I want to do what the Lord had me to do. And, and um, you know, I, I, like I said, I tried to take time since the last week and just really study and, uh, and pray about it because it was something that I was going through. I felt like right after he asked me that, it was like, Something clicked, and I had a thought, and um, it's what I was going through. So I thought, you know, hopefully it'll be relevant to some of y'all, um, and, and uh, I'll try to deliver the best I can. Uh, I can honestly say, though, sometimes when the thought comes across, you know, hopefully it'll he- reach somebody's heart. The delivery might be a little off, but uh, hopefully the thought will touch your heart. Give me help.
felt like it was important, imagine that. But um, afterwards, when I got this one, um, and I was playing in my, my, my dining room, I was like, I just felt like the Lord, um, Trini was helping me sing, and I was like, you know what, she's watching me, and you know, one day, it's going to be something, you know, if this don't interest her, if I don't find something, you know, that interests her now, you know, it'll be something else, and I want it to be something like this, and you know, not something that's in the world, and um, you know, and even the little things that we do for he sees them as big things, and this afternoon, I was like, Lord, I'm really feeling like Jonah right now. Can I just go somewhere? <laughs> but um, I just appreciate him. And then I was thinking about, um, some of y'all heard my testimony the other day, which um, about how Simon was fishing, and, you know, the Lord told him, you know, cash it up one more time, you know. And he just looked at him, and he was like, you know, we've already fished all night, you know, but nevertheless, yeah. nevertheless. You know, I'm gonna do it, and that's just what I'm doing right now. So, pray for us.
again, I do appreciate the Lord. Um, I'm thankful for Him moving just right before I got up here. Um, I, one of the things was like, you know, I struggled all day long, and then it's like I can't feel nothing, can't get nowhere, and then you get to church, and, and then there He is. And, and I, I appreciate Him for that. Um, every time I try to preach, I, I try to do things a little different with my note-taking and stuff, so hopefully it'll be a little bit more organized, I hope. Um, but if we all could turn to the book of Nahum, um, chapter 1 and verse 7. And then also we're going to do 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 3 through 4. Nahum 1 and 7, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4. Um, the thing that Sister Teresa was talking about, um, you know, I, I know that we are, and Brother Jeff just mentioned, we're all going through struggles or fighting and things like that. And that's kind of what um, the Lord laid on my heart. Um, but it was on an individual basis, you know. Um, we think about it as a whole as maybe the church or whatnot. And now we're thinking about, you know, you hear about the, the Afghan people. They're, they're, they're going through something. And Robert was talking about all the fighting that's kind of going on over there for the peace. It's, this, you know, um, been going on for the years that the, the, the presence of the United States has been there. The presence that they've had in that country. Um, but you know, and now they've—they're not fighting for themselves. Um, and it's it's kind of sad, but um, I'm, not, I'm not really going that direction. But um, Nahum one and seven it says, "The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and He knoweth them that trust in Him." And over in Second Corinthians ten, verse three through four, this is very familiar. It says, "For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk war after the flesh." For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Um, let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. He's already been here, but I, I would really appreciate Him to help me to anoint my lips, uh, anoint my thoughts, um, what I've got here before y'all. Lord, we appreciate you again, Lord, for your help, for your kindness, Lord, for your mercy, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your presence, God. I pray, Lord, that you continue to work in the service, Lord, that you'd help us, Lord, uh, to bring forth the thought that I feel like you laid on our heart, God, that it would touch somebody, Lord, that they would uh, uh, draw near to you, Lord, draw closer to you, Lord. See, Lord, that you're for them, Lord, that you're not against them. Lord, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord. Fight for us, Lord. We need you to. You're the only way, Lord, we can be victorious. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Um, I kind of I, I thought about this in two different parts. Um, the way I wanted to <coughs> lay it out, um, I guess uh, the, the first the first part is um, about the fight. And, and if you notice um, in Nahum and in Second Corinthians, you got stronghold. It, it's, it's out laid out in both of those scriptures. Um, but in Nahum it says the Lord is good, a stronghold. He's describing the Lord as a stronghold. And then over in Second Corinthians pulling down of strongholds. So we notice there's two types of strongholds. And um, I was looking up some articles and things like that, and uh, some of the things that, that were kind of brought out, and then, uh, when I first thought about this, I, I, I thought about this is what I, if you wanted to call it this, in a, uh, a title would be self-defense. And I was going to say a self-defense class, but I don't really feel like I'm qualified to teach a self-defense class physically or spiritually, definitely. Uh, so, um, big lack there. Um, but uh, when we think of, I guess, strongholds, uh, the best uh, definition I'll look for, a stronghold is a place that has been fortified so as to protect against an attack. 
Um, and of course, you know, we think about that. Jesus is our stronghold. That's what we need to lean on. He's our stronghold. Um, but the two different parts of, of what I was thinking about as far as self-defense, sometimes we are, we are apt to... <clears throat> there. Better. Okay. Uh, we're apt to, to want to control uh, our own defense mechanisms, I guess is what we could say. And, and that's the, the second part of what I want to get. The first part, though, is laying down the foundation of Jesus being our stronghold and, and how we can fight through Him. And some of the Scriptures may not be the exact ones that you know um, we've kind of heard laid out by different people and maybe some of the most um, common Scriptures, but it's some of the ones I looked up. Um, and uh, one of the things as far as the, the a fight, two things in a situation when we're looking at, um, you know, whatever battle it may be that you're facing is um, you can either, if you are able to fight, then you are free to actively exchange blows with our opponent or our enemy. And then when you are struggling, you have a restraint and we are, you are desperately trying to get free from that. So um, that's, that's the two parts there, a struggle and a fight, you know, uh, through, through those two strongholds. Um, the, we, we, we key the term, it says the best defense is a good offense. Um, and, you know, uh, I drove through Statesboro one day, and you could see through, uh, it was one of those martial arts studios, and there was kind of a hefty guy in there, and it was, it was just funny, you know, and the instructor was definitely not the same size. Um, but, you know, had a little fake gun, you know, and so they have classes. They go through these things. You know, we have church. We, we hear scripture laid out. You know, we, we hear all the, how God can be so good and how he can help fight for us. But if we never apply it, then we, we fall short of the victory. And, uh, and it says um, some of the things that they use, of course, repetition. And um, one of the biggest things they always say, and I know I've heard it um, for, for, for women classes and things like that, they tell them never stop fighting, you know, never stop fighting, you know, yeah. never give up. Um, and Psalms 9 and nine, uh, chapter 9, verse 9 through 12, uh, verse 9 through 12, right here. It says, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Sing praises to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. When he maketh inquisition for the blood, for, for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Um, you know, and I, I think that's the biggest thing that we can take from... Um, from leaning on Him and fighting with the Lord is we have to come before Him humbly. Just, you know, uh, same thing when we go to Him uh, in a repentive uh, manner, we have to come before Him humbly. We have to admit, you know, I have a fault, you know, and, and uh, now I'm kind of tangling into my second part of it. But um, what, I was, what I was really thinking on is um, there's times that we build up walls, okay? Uh, there's times that we build up walls against things that, that we're hurt by, uh, bitterness, unforgiveness. And um, I was going through something, and I've been going through it for years, um, and it's building up a wall. And it's not really a spiritual wall, um, but it's an emotional wall that we, we have to, to guard our hearts against, you know, um, you know uh, a heartbreak or, or uh, you know, some, a letdown or something like that. And so we kind of over-anticipate always the negative. 
Um, and I think, you know, w- when we do that, we're not allowing God, and I'm speaking to myself specifically, we're, we're, we're prohibiting Him from, from doing the work and providing for us. Um, in, in Ezekiel 38, it says um, there was a prophecy against um, Gog, and they were to attack Israel, or, or that, that was what they had put in their mind. They were going to attack Israel. Um, they were in a state of safety at that time. Um, and like I said, some of the things about strongholds and walls that kind of bounce back and forth, um, you know, when I go into the second part of this, we want to talk about building up strongholds with the Lord as being the foundation and the builder. Um, but then on the other side, when we build up the walls, that's the, the part that I kind of want to focus on. Um, but when he was talking and told them, told uh, Ezekiel to prophesy uh, to God, he said that, um, that, that they were going to be dwelling without walls. They were in a, a place of safety. He was looking out for them. So when they were to come to attack, um, you know, he was going to show his ultimate power and he was going to unleash his wrath on them. And it was going to be so severe, you know, that uh, the people of Israel were going to turn back to him after a lot of their iniquities that they had uh, uh, transpired in the years before. And we hear a lot about that, of course, in the Old Testament. Um, uh, but uh, when, we, when we think about all the things, all the scripture and everything, um, you know, over in 2 Corinthians, we, we always hear that about this. Is, it's not a, a carnal fight that we go through. I mean, it's all spiritual. You know, same thing. I think some of the temptations that we're faced with, they're not, they're not physical temptations. A lot of us probably that have been raised in church or that are in church tonight, we're not faced with the, the temptation to go out and drink or go party or something like that. But it's usually an inward temptation, um, something that the devil's fighting against us. Um, and one of the things I, I like to do, I like to figure things out on my own. That's, that's one of my biggest problems. So I don't know if anybody else has that problem. Um, but the minute you try to figure things out on your own, what happens? It falls apart. Um, you know, and uh, that's, that's kind of what I was going through. You know, um, I say, hey, this is the scenario. This is, this is happening just like this. Um, but if you notice, you know, and we're talking about fighting, we're talking about strongholds, we're talking about walls. Uh, it seems like we go through the same battles, right? We, we hear different people talk about that. I've heard Brother Jeff mention it, Sister Teresa mention it. You know, we go through the same repetitious battles or cycles, if we call it so. And, um, and, and it seems like we never, we never get victory over it. And when we never get victory, it's because we're not really laying it down, right? So we're not really laying it on, on the Lord's table. We're not laying it on His hand. We're not allowing Him to take place of, you know, our thoughts and, and our control over the situation. Um, and I, I was thinking about cities that are under a siege. You know, what happens? You know, they're, they're, they're confounded in those walls. And when they're confounded in those walls, they have no way out. They, I think they focus so much, and we focus so much on defending ourselves from an attack that we have no way out. We don't even allow God to be our way out. We don't allow Jesus to be our way out. We are constantly focused on how can I, how can I defend you know, my heart? How can I defend my pride? How can I, how can I resolve this situation myself? And cities that get in those situations, I know they're somewhere in the Old Testament, and they're talking about, you know, when that, that's how those, those people died. Because they were, they were eating each other. They were eating the cows. They were eating the things that were providing them nourishment because they had no way to, to exit the city and go get something else. But they also had no way to fight back. You know, if you think, and, and when, in the, when it kept on going in Ezekiel and some other places, um, when I was reading about, you know, if you have a, a fortified city, you know, you think about, about the, the wide tops of the walls, you know, um, they, can, they can circle around. They can, they can, you know, have an oversight. They can, you know, they can fight back. They can have different points of, uh, of attack for the ones that are attacking them. 
Um, and, you know, and I think so many times we focus on building that wall against the fence. We never think about the, the offense. And if, like I said earlier, that's the best defense is a good offense. And um, uh, in Psalms 9 and 12, going back to what I was just reading, um, and this is where I feel like we can come down. And it says, he remembers the cry of the humble. And that's a confession that we have to come to is, is humbling ourselves and say, Lord, I've got a problem. You know, I can't fight because I'm struggling with this. And if you're struggling with this, that means you're not free. If you're not free from it, then how are you going to get free from it? You've got to confess to him, Lord, I've got a problem. This is my problem. This is where I'm at. I can't, I can't take control and, and, and let things be different because, you know, or I can't let you take control and let things be different because I've got my hands on this. And um, in 1 Peter 5, 6 through 10, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. God, that we may exalt you in due time. Verse 7 it says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. We know that he cares for us, but the thing is that we apply that. You know, we hear different testimonies about, you know, people getting, you know, saved or, or somebody getting healed and things like that, but then we never apply it. You know, well, that's never going to happen for us, and that's doubt, you know. And uh, Robert was saying, I think, uh, well, me and him was talking the other day and talking about fear, you know, and we hear a lot about fear, especially now with COVID and everything going on, but uh, really in the spiritual aspect, you know, and I believe he's right, you know, when we fear, we're not putting full trust in the Lord and, and as prohibiting him from working in our lives. Um, and, you know, like I said, this is this is working on me because most definitely um, I, I, I have a, a, a way I need to, to uh, readdress some things and say, you know, Lord, this is. And ever since last week when I was studying this out, things have been better. I ain't going to lie. They've been better. So, um, you know, I, I try to take my own advice and what the Lord showed me. So and, uh, there you go. Um, uh, but um, it says, of course, over in Second Corinthians again, it says it's a it's a spiritual warfare, not a fleshly one. That's what we're talking about. So, um, one of the points I, I would like for us to, to look at, though, um, is um, the in the latter part of Ezekiel after Magog. I think it picked up now. It says after um, after Magog was defeated. Um, then he gave them precise instructions on how to build the temple. And um, just like with Jonah, he gave them, not Jonah, but Noah, when he gave them precise instructions on how to build the ark and, and the different times when the temples are built, you know, if we'll allow him to do it, that city, uh, you know, Israel, when they were sitting there in safety, they had no walls about them. They didn't have to have it. He was watching over them. But then when he comes to fight for us, he, he, it, it may be a, a visual wall. It may be, a, you know, a hedge or whatever we want to call it, but a spiritual hedge. We might not be able to see it, but it's there. You know, it wasn't there as a physical thing. And even the children in, in the wilderness, you know, they went away from Egypt and they just dwelled out there. They didn't have a city. They, you know, they went from, from place to place. They didn't have a city that they were to abide in, but he was their helper. Um, he was their fortress. He was their, their stronghold. And um, I just thought it was really neat because there's about three or four chapters there in the latter part of Ezekiel where he was given those exact uh, descriptions of exactly what they needed to do. But he told them, though, when he told them, he says, um, if they will follow, um, if, they, if they are not ashamed, and that's what the thing, I think, uh, being ashamed of, of stepping out of our, our prideful you know, mindset, because that's really what it is. We get to the place where, you know, if we can't handle, if we can't control it, you know, um, what is that? That's a root of, of pride, I, I believe. Um, um, but I, I had a, a situation um, at, at work uh, when I worked at Toyota, the plant, and um, it was one of those things I've never really been upfront with people until they kind of uh, question me about my religion or however I believe and whatnot. I, I don't, I don't push it, and, you know, unless I, I see the opportunity or unless you know it's been brought up in conversation. 
Um, and uh, I had a gentleman, he, he reached out to me um, really to, to be the aggressor. Um, he was my enemy at that point in time, and uh, he was a pastor. He was a pastor at a, at a Baptist church, and nothing about the Baptist. Matter of fact, I tried to attend his, um, his revival one time just to you know, be courteous. And um, he, he, he attacked me right there in front of all the people I, I was working with. And um, it, it got to me because, you know, he was saying things and, um, you know, I was, I was standing behind what I, what I believed and I was standing. And it was really about me as a, as a youngin. I got saved um, and then I backslid. You know, and he, he brought the whole once saved, always stuff into it. And I said, no. I said, man, I, I made a conscious decision. I said, you know, I didn't, I didn't fulfill God's will in my, my life. And I said, I knew each and every day, you know. And me and him got into it. And we was literally at the plant that we worked in, big, huge building. And me and him had blocked up everything. Nobody had to drive cars in and out. Nobody could come in. Nobody could go out. And we were the focal point. You know, I was like, I didn't want. I was like, I don't mind attention sometimes, but that was not the way I wanted it. You know, and um, you know, so that it worried me and worried me and worried me. But I think about, you know, at that time, you know, some of the guys that just kind of shunned away. They didn't say anything to me or him. Um, but about four years later, and like I said, I, I, you know, this is. I feel like this is the Lord. You know. Fighting for me, if you call it that, um, he he ended up uh, messing up, and um, he he was with the girl there at work, and you know, um, the first thing that some of the men that, that worked with me they said, hey man, you remember that conversation about four years ago? I said, I sure do, and they said, huh? In the world, is that possible? And I said, you know, it ain't. I said, if he's calling himself that, I said, you know, now and, and I did tell him, I said, people can mess up and slip up, but he just kept on going like nothing had happened. And, and it brought reproach to, to him, you know. And I just told him, I said, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't want to live like that. And that's, that's why I was trying to tell him, you know, you either are or you ain't, you know. And, and you can't just keep on going and doing what you want to. Um, but, but specifically for, for me, uh, what I was going through is me and Peggy. Um, I, I, I've, I'm a, I like to, to guard myself. And I told her, I said, that's my defense mechanism, you know. Um, and I, one of the things that's probably been the biggest uh, intervention in our marriage would be me um, you know and I think some of us you know in, in our work lives and things like that we can do it in our personal lives we can do it um, but we, we put up that wall around our heart and I told her sometimes my problem is I'll see things and when I see things uh, I come to the automatic conclusion and I said I'll just put that guard up and then I close my heart up and I'm not able to have compassion I'm just kind of setting myself and you know I ain't talk, trying to talk bad about her and um, but the thing is, you know, if I say, hey, if you do this or you do this or you do this, you know, that's what my mind goes to. You know, it's not even something bad, but that's just how it affects me. And the devil has used it and worked against me and against our relationship, you know, and it need not be. And I know it. And ever since last week when I felt like the Lord was telling me, it's because I was praying about that specific thing. And I was like, Lord, man, I was like, you know, why do I keep having this this offense within myself when nothing's actually there, you know? Why do I keep blocking you from allowing you to work in our life and our family? You know, I was like, there's, there's little things, you know, and those, those little things end up being something stupid, something crazy, you know, that meant nothing. But that was, that was me. I'm trying to control the situation, and I'm not allowing him... Um, and back last year when I, I was praying, I, I had a little sticky note and I felt like, you know, maybe the Lord comes to me in phrases, if you want to say it that. And, um, and I wrote on it and I said, it doesn't even matter. 
you know. And I stuck it all in different places of the house, you know. And so anytime that something would kind of come up that, that you know, it seemed like it was just getting to me or agitating me or something like that, but that I felt like it was kind of, you know, pushing itself in, and, and bearing itself, you know, trying to, to get into my heart and, and to control my emotions, I would look at that little sticky note and I said, it doesn't even matter. Because in the end, you know, uh, our plan and our goal is to make it to heaven. Um, and, uh, you know, so... Every every little you know battle or skirmish that we we kind of we try to attack on our own, um, if we would realize that in the end we're we're going to be victorious. So even if we win something, if we land it in God's hand, just like that situation with that man, if if I had to say, man, I just you know I lost out. I don't have you know I don't have the uh, the uh, the I don't have these guys you know respect anymore because I'm sitting here I wouldn't fighting with them, but I mean, it's like an argument. It almost looked just like an argument. I said, I've just kind of lost confidence with these guys, you know. But in the end, you know, Lord come back and He revealed Himself that, you know, that right there was wrong. This is right, you know. And I, like I said, these were, these were non-believers. People that had, had been hurt themselves in church and, and because of people just like that, you know. And to this day, I actually have people that still call me from work um, and some of them, they'll, they'll confide in me, ask me to to pray for them on certain things like that. Nothing with myself, but I'm just saying I, I tried. I tried my best to live a good, godly example. And most of the times, you know, if I spoke, you know, I could mess it up. But if I let the Lord lead me and wait a little bit, Todd talks about my long game. Well, that's my long game. I, I, I wait it out sometimes, and it, it takes years for the results to come through. Um, but Winston Churchill, he said, never, ever, ever, ever give up. And it says, as long as we have faith in our own cause and an unconcurable will to win, victory will not be denied us. You know, and he said that, in, 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 I guess, in the time of war. But, you know, if we hold true to what God has for us, you know, he, you know, I hope I said that right. Okay, good. But, uh, uh, you know, if we can hold true to that in a spiritual battle, you know, I think it's the same thing. And once we, we give up, um, you know, it's not even so much giving up, but... I, I was thinking about it's, we're not giving up, but when we're holding ourselves uh, to our own standard and not allowing the Lord work, really we are giving up. You know, so I'll never give up. And I thought it was funny what Brother Jeff said a while back. You know, got them people that says, I'll never backslide. I'll show them. And what's the first thing they do? They backslide, you know. And that's the same thing, you know. You know, I know God can handle this. Well, you're saying it, but are you allowing Him to do it? You know, are you still holding on to that battle? Are you still holding on to that one thing that you know is holding you back from getting victory, from from conquering the devil? And just like she said, man, I tell you what, saying, you know, devil, I rebuke you, man. it's hard for me to say that sometimes. Just out loud, you know. You think about it. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna put nothing on him. I ain't gonna give him no kind of recognition. But you know, we've been out on the streets, and I've heard him say it, and I've seen it work. You know, and there's been times when you know I was like, I felt like I, maybe I should have said it. You know, and I do. I rebuke him. I rebuke him because I don't want him to have any control over my life. I don't want him to have any power. I don't want him to have any victory. I want to have the victory, and I want to have the victory through Jesus. And, and if I have to say it loud and speak it and proclaim it that's what I'm going to do because you know I, as, I, as I learn more and more the, the more I've been in this the longer I have the longer we've been down here I feel like I've, I've drawn closer to them and I've learned more and, and I've seen things that I haven't seen that I've heard um, but I've never experienced and the more I experience the more I can apply it the more I can grow and I think that's what we need to do we need to take all these things more than just hearing it and apply it to our lives and allow Him to, 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 to use us and for allow us to, to be a living testimony for Him, you know. Um, 
In Hebrews 13, verse 6, it says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You know, we hear these. these that's a very common, but, you know, can we boldly say that? You know, and that's one of the things. Am I bold enough to say, you know, I'm going to stand for the Lord. I'm going to allow Him to use me. Are we really going to do that? You know, that's what I wasn't even trying to think about fear when it comes to COVID. I'm just thinking about the fear of, you know, of, of what people's opinions are and how how my emotions are going to control me. That's that's really what I kind of wanted to get right. to the point of. It's really about our, our emotions, and that's that's why he's talking about it's not it's not carnal. We we face carnal, but he uses the, those 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 emotions and the, those those carnal you know how however you want to term it you know to to affect us spiritually. Yeah. And uh, we don't see that sometimes. We really right. don't. I, I I just don't think we do. We and uh, anxieties and things like that. Uh, man, I tell you, I told Jamie, I was like, man, I'm going to get up there tonight and I'm going to be nervous. I know I get nervous every single time. I feel more comfortable out there on the street sometimes. And I mean, he was talking and I was like, you know, they say that thing, you know, you just picture everybody out there in the crowd, you know, something. And I said, I'm going to picture everybody out there in the crowd with short sleeves on. And so maybe it'll <laughs> do it. <laughs> Yeah. So, and, but you know that that is. It's always been that anxiety. And when the Lord called me to preach, I was like, man, you know, my stepdad's a preacher, my brother's a preacher. You know, I got this guy that just got called to preach. And like, about as soon as I'm thinking about this other guy got called to preach, and I was like, man, I know I ain't a good preacher. I know I ain't going to be a good preacher. I'm a good talker, but I don't know about no good preacher. And then I get up here, and I can't do either one of them. You know, I just stumble around and mumble. Um, but the few little times that I felt like the Lord's come by and helped me. While I've been trying to preach, or that thought has come across in somebody, you know, especially when we're out there, we have one old lady, Miss um, Sanders, she's come up to me and she's, she said, Man, that, I'm going through that right now, you know. And I, I think there was one time we went to, um, I can't remember, Eastview, uh, not Eastview, um, Mulberry, and I was. I just said a few little words that started raining, and like not long after that, you know, Miss Vicky she went right to the hospital, you know. And I was talking about the people that weren't, they weren't even, you know, um, going back to Jesus and you know and worshiping Him and following Him after they'd already healed Him, you know. And and uh, we just went out there, and I think she'd been back several times since then, you know. And she came to church once or twice, you know. But it, it really does it shows there's an example, you know, that, that He's He's using us. We, we, you know, foolishness of preaching, boy, howdy, I read that a lot. You know, I'm like, man, there it is. That's me, 100%. Um, but but I, I, won't, I won't hold on very much longer. Um, uh, Proverbs 25 and 28, it says, uh, and this is, like I said, this is kind of what I, I want to conclude it with, I guess. It says, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. And, and in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, it says that you know, we need to bring into captivity... Let me read that. Ten and five. It says, in the latter part, it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. And I know that might sound hard to do, but man, the more you pray about something that seems like it's a struggle, you know, you can't get victory over, realize that's what it is. It's a struggle. Lord, I need freedom from this. I need victory from this. You know, and it'll allow us to get pressed through that and actually fight back against the devil and allow him to fight for us. Um, and the last I think I thought says, let go and let God. Well, I mean, you know, that's the common thing, let go and let God. So if y'all would, let's, let's, let's come to the altar and pray. If you got something you're struggling with, you know, something that's reoccurring in your life that you can't seem like.
like you get victory over. You know, if it's something inside, and, and Sister Cora was right before, I think that song that she was singing, you know, people get hurt. People are bitter. They have unforgiveness. You know, and all those things can, can result in, in a spiritual warfare within ourselves. We'll never progress if we don't get victory over them. So let's come and everyone pray for you.
appreciate the message tonight. Uh, appreciate the message tonight. Amen. A um, couple things I'd like to make mention of, if we could. Uh, if you've got anything in the pews, would you take it home with you tonight? And if any of your children got anything in the pews, take it home with you tonight. We're trying to clean up and get ready for uh, the revival. And I, I noticed that there were articles from Sunday school of last week all through the pews. And so anybody that can help us, we greatly appreciate it. And uh, thank you for everyone that's been working so hard to get things uh, cleaned up and picked up and and uh, organized and getting rid of the desk and all that kind of stuff. Thank you so much for that. But Jeff, can we pray for Corey and Caleb before they leave? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Come on.